0: Comics,
1: movies, music,
0: video games, technology,
1: Blu-ray, television. This
2: is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
0: The world we know is gone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no smartphones, no podcasts.
3: It's The Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 46. We're pretty much dead already. This is John. I have with me Jim, Russell, and Bradley, and Jordan. Hey, guys. Hey. Jordan's always
4: easy to forget. (laughs) So here's (laughs) the the deal.
3: Be quiet. We're in a hurry. That is the theme of this evening. Our plan is to forego all of the frivolous nonsense and get right to the recap for various reasons which you don't need to know and anything that we may skip tonight like voicemails emails twitters itunes reviews things of that nature we will get to next week when we do our first half season recap show and we're even thinking about taking live phone calls but that's not that's in negotiation i would say yes yes Thank you, all Russell. I am
4: in favor. I think somebody threw that at the wall. We just haven't decided if it's stuck or not.
3: Right, so things will get all back to normal. We figure we're going to have a long show anyway. We have a lot to talk about, so we're going to skip all the other things. We have three months to talk about all the nonsense we want after this show, so we're going to get right to it. But before we do that, Russell, we have a sponsor. We do.
2: Our sponsor, as always, for the Walking Dead TV podcast is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. And again, it's it's kind of getting towards the end of the month here. You could still squeak your orders in if you want to get that Walking Dead compendium, new printing, which is the first 48 issues of the Walking Dead comic book for $35.99, all in one big zombie-killing volume. So most of us on the show here have it amongst all the other trades and various issues and formats. It's it's a great steal and buy for that for that price. Also at DCBS this month, you can earn an extra 5% off your order. Um, in addition to the 8% that you can use by using the code WD8, but you can also earn an extra 5% off on all of your comiXology orders if you go through the DCBS, the D C B service site, to order books, comics off of uh, comiXology digitally. So that's another great deal from them. Um, and... Once again, the DC celebration continues, and DC's new 52 issues, the number fives, are available in a bundle for 50% off. So that is a huge, huge steal. You can get all those 52 issues from DC in their rebooted universe for 50% off of cover price if you order all 52 at one shot. So again, that's DCBService.com. We thank them for their sponsorship, and please use the code WD8 if you're a first time
4: customer or you haven't ordered in the past year.
3: Fantastic. We thank them as always. I Uh, think we
4: should point out that even though we're kind of rushed tonight or we want to rush it tonight, that we don't, it doesn't mean we um, don't care about the listeners. Oh, we care. I know. We care. And we're going
3: to take our time with all that feedback and everything next show for sure. And as I am about to hand over Pretty Much Dead already to Mr. From Jersey, I notice here that the ratings are in, and they drew a 6.6 for this half-season finale, which is
4: pretty amazing. Yeah, how does that compare to the other episodes?
2: Down just a hair, but it's still more than the than the 6 million that, that were watching it last season. So I think once the word gets out about how how this this episode ended or that there's a big shock anybody that was kind of kind of meandered away I think during the break I think they're going to meander back that's just my my opinion Brad,
4: I would imagine so and and I would imagine also that AMC is going to rerun all of the episodes during the break also
3: Brad the you- um the season 2 premiere was at a 7.3 so your episode 6 is at a which is a drop-off, but not even close to the drop-off that they expect for a show from the premiere on. I think Jordan would probably have a little more to say about that.
1: Yeah, for, for the most part, shows are expected to drop more than that. And not only was this higher rated than the season finale last year, I think it was higher rated than any episode at all last year. So, yeah, it's a slight drop from the season premiere, but that's expected. So, it's still very, very good.
0: I was going to say, that's still really stellar ratings for uh, what's ostensibly a basic cable channel.
1: Okay, episode 207, pretty much dead already, starts with the people from uh, from Rick's camp having breakfast or lunch or some type of meal out in the, in the courtyard. When Glenn comes up and he decides he's going to talk above Maggie's objections, uh, Dale kind of gives him a nod to go ahead, and he reveals to everyone that the barn is full of walkers. And this gets a shock look from everybody, and then we cut over to the barn.
2: I love how matter yeah, of fact a... that was. It was just like and there's walkers in the barn. It was just like he couldn't wait to be able to blurt that out. I I just I'm
1: surprised he didn't throw and Lori's pregnant in there.
0: Yeah. I was just gonna say this is really when the solid feces starts to hit the rotary oscillator for the crescendo at the climax of this episode. I mean, this is really uh, what it, I mean, it was no, it was not, what well, I was trying to say is there's no accident This the, uh, where they broke the season, because this is really where a lot of stuff is, I mean, happening.
3: Yeah, I must say that, uh, I didn't know exactly what Dale was nodding at at first. <laughs> it well, was kind of an odd, over, uh, accentuated. Well,
4: if, you, if you look at it again, and I was going to bring this up, sorry to interrupt, but <clears throat> pardon me. Um, it's it starts out with Glenn looking at Maggie and she's she's swinging her said her head side to side slowly saying no. So she's getting a no, a menacing no from Maggie. And then she looks over at Dale and Dale's nodding his head up and down slowly like, yeah, you better tell him. So he's getting it, you know, from both sides. And I that's why that to me, it was funny that he was getting a, a no and then a yes from different people.
1: So over at the barn, Shane freaks out, says either we're going to kill all these zombies. Or we're leaving. We can't have it both ways. Carol starts bringing up Sophia, says we can't leave until we find her. And Shane says, look, she's pretty much dead. You know, we should have given up hope by now. And they all start fighting, and the zombies get agitated.
3: Yeah, Shane really was kind of off the handle from the get-go And this one. Obviously, it escalates as we go on, but he was quite agitated from the very beginning here.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, Maggie is mad at Glenn Glenn tries to go over and talk to her And she she just kind of ignores him at first uh, As she's collecting eggs from the chicken coop And then finally she comes over to him Says give me your hat He gives it to her She puts an egg in it and drops it on his head
3: Do you guys get the vibe that like She's never really mad at him You know it's almost like a high school relationship type thing Like come on talk to me oh, yeah. you, know, you know like you know that they're They're gonna be cool He just has to kind of You yeah. know eat crow for a little while She's
4: playing hard to get. Well, she's which, in a she's, she's in not a tough hard. spot. You know, she's she you know she's trying not to piss her dad off, but then she's also trying not to upset Glenn
1: either. So she's in a hard spot. Carl and Lori have a conversation, and he says he doesn't want to leave until they find Sophia. And after that, he still doesn't want to leave. Um, he wants to stay at the farm. Uh, we then cut over to I think this is where we cut inside the barn where it looks like Daryl is going to go after Sophia again on another horse. I don't know if he got permission this time. And Carol says, "Look, even I'm starting to realize that maybe we're not going to find her." And he says, "Look, we're going to." He gets mad. Uh he throws a I guess it was the saddle on the ground and he reopens his wound just a little bit and has to leave. And, and then he yells at Carol.
2: Yeah. I, I was going to say that was a really odd exchange. And a lot of it for me was I just took it as Daryl's afraid to get too close to Carol, because I think he's starting to see that... I won't say it's it's becoming romantic, but that she's starting to have feelings for him and feel closer to him. And I think Daryl's natural instinct is just pull away or to, to do something to kind of ruin that, because he's a loner and he's, you know, kind of brooding in himself. But yet he's just... he's convinced. And I think a lot of it, his conviction for going after Sophia is a lot of his own inner demons and a lot of the way he was treated as a child and, and his childhood and I think we saw a little bit of that a couple episodes ago but but it was a it was a really interesting uh exchange
0: yeah I totally agree with that that's uh I think that's why he's been getting a lot closer to Carol It's uh just because he really never had that kind of uh familial connection before and I think he really kind of feels something that's why he's so obsessed with finding Sophia for her
4: plus I think it that connection makes him feel uncomfortable, which is why he turned around and was just really rude to her and called her a stupid bitch.
0: You know, exactly. I mean, he doesn't know how to, how to deal with that. Right, kind of thing.
4: right. He's having a hard time, you know, integrating with the group at the same time. He really, I get the feeling that he really wants to integrate with the group. And then when, you know, the emotional walls come down between him and in this instance, uh, Carol, it's freaking him out. So, you know, but then he, he realizes what he did and later he apologizes. So, it's a very interesting uh, character
1: progression uh, for him, and, I, and I'm really enjoying it. Dale goes over to the RV and finds Andrea inside, and she's grabbing some of the guns because she, and I believe, I believe it's she, she says her and Shane this time, but later it's her and Rick, but her and somebody are going to go looking for Sophia at this point. And Dale warns her, he says, look, I don't think you realize who Shane really is. Is that the kind of person you want to be like? And uh, she tells him to buzz off.
3: What's your guys feeling on what's going on with Dale and Andrea? Do you th- I've heard people say they think that they had something already. I've heard people say that obviously, you know, Dale is like obsessed with her and would want to be with her romantically or some people say it's more like a father protecting, taking it at face value type thing. Where are you guys at
4: with with it? I would say that Dale is coming off a bit overprotective, a bit stalkerish. And he is not like that in the comics, so this is a little bit of a different Dale that we're getting. You know, we're getting a different Rick. We're getting a different whatever. Uh, he to me, he's he's a bit possessive of somebody he has really has no right to be possessive about at this point.
2: This to me is the Shane factor. I I think I I am taking everything between Dale and Andrea at face value. I think Dale obviously has feelings for her. I think just because of the way things have shaped in the TV show that Andrea has not. I, I think they they got along fine with Dale while uh, while Amy was alive. But now that things have changed, and I think a lot of it is exacerbated by the fact that Dale knows who Shane really is, and he knows how he is, and he's, he's I think his obsession, obsession is probably a strong word, but I think his feelings for Andrea are getting heightened because he's very concerned about her falling into the trap of Shane.
0: And it's very interesting how the presence of Shane in the storyline uh, has caused this to diverge even further from what happens to these two characters in the comics. Shane is the butterfly effect. Yeah, see- exactly. It's like having Shane, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brad, but I think we mentioned this on a previous episode, just having Shane this far into the storyline has like totally, I mean, you have the made the, the comic and the and the TV universe divergent in so many ways.
4: I'm watching this TV show and I'm expecting uh, to see Uatu the Watcher show up. Marvel Comics readers of the 80s will know what I'm talking about. There was a series called What If. You know, they took an established story and this character, the Watcher, says, well, what if this one thing happened? Where would the story go from that point? And this is our what if if Walking Dead was a Marvel comic, this is our what if version. This TV show is the what if version of the Marvel, of that comic. And Shane is the the thing that's different. What if Shane lived? This is what we're seeing right now is the what if version of of the regular comic. And uh, it's uh, similar, but, you know, I, I'm enjoying it. It's just crazy, but uh, I'm enjoying it.
3: Off the story for one second. Jordan, do you know at what point in the filming everything went down with Frank Darabont?
1: I've heard everything from episode three to episode seven. I, I think... When we come back in February, I I haven't heard anyone say that he was still around at that point, um, but I have heard up until even possibly this episode that this could have been the big one, if you
3: will. All right. I only ask because I really feel the last two are very sort of cohesive and they feel like the same show and it's headed somewhere now where I had my questions earlier this season, and I just wondered if it was – Turmoil, or the changing of the guard, or whatever might have been causing
4: that. Well, there there was a story going around earlier in the week about how there were rumors that this episode was going to see the the demise of somebody who apparently was very loyal to Frank Darabont. So, if that's the case, then I would uh, find it hard to believe that Frank was even involved in this episode or the previous episode. You know, it had to be closer to like maybe the third or fourth episode. You know what I'm saying? You follow me? Follow what I'm saying? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I
2: didn't recall that they specifically called this episode out as the one. I thought it was just in general that there was an actor or actress that was wanting out this season because of that. But, but. Well, the like article
4: I... I read um, specifically referenced the mid-season finale gotcha. as okay. as the episode that would see the last appearance of this one character, and. I guess we know who it is now, but I had no idea she was so loyal to Darabont.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Rick goes in and talks to Herschel about the barn as Herschel eats some meal. It was hard to tell exactly what he was eating. Uh, And Herschel says, no, I want your group gone in a week. You know, now that you've revealed that you know it's in the barn, I can't have you around here. And Rick starts, you know, telling Herschel, look, if you put us out in the world, we're not going to last very long. This farm is special. And when nothing seems to get through, he finally reveals that his wife is pregnant, and this seems to work at least a little bit.
2: Here is for me the turning of the tide for Rick. To me, this is where we start to see. We we kind of saw it in that episode with you know where where it left off with him, you know, finding out about about Shane and 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 and, and uh, Lori being pregnant. But to me, this one is where he starts to assert himself as a leader as somebody stronger, as somebody willing to push, and not just you know, old Rick I think would have been like, eh, well, you know, I guess you're right, we'll, we'll go on and go, we don't mean to trouble you, sorry to bother you kind of thing. Rick now is like, no, we we want to stay, we're going to stay, and I'm going to even get loud with you to, to make you think about it uh, some more before making up your mind. And I just, I thought that, that was the spark.
4: I really think that I agree with you, and I really think that that is cemented in quick set cement at the end of this episode with what he has to do. this is yep. the this is the Absolutely. Rick that we, yeah, this is the Rick that we have been waiting for. this is the guy who makes the hard decisions who'll do what nobody else will do, and uh there was some guy on our Facebook wall that that was complaining again about Rick's oh boy. Care character today and and I thought well did you even watch this episode and he said this is nothing like the comic well you know again this is the what if version of that and so I'm I won't name you know his name obviously but this like Russ said this really cements the the TV Rick into the same vein as the as the comic Rick and I think I think the second half of the season is just going to knock us for a loop as far as the Rick character goes
3: I agree with both of you I agreed with both of you, but the part that didn't fit for me in between was the quicksand zombies. Like having Rick help and play along with that almost set him back again for me and then being redeemed by the final scene, which, you know, we'll get to both of those scenes. But I
2: I, I get where you're coming from, but I didn't take it that way because I took it as Rick. I guess that was his throwing a bone to Herschel to say, Okay, I, I was forceful to you and if this is how you're really gonna be, we're I'm gonna help you with this and we're gonna prove to you that we can, you know, be an asset with keeping the, this barn safe and keeping things the way they are. So I didn't see that as a weakness necessarily. I, I saw it as him give and take. I'm mean, we're gonna play ball, but you know, ultimately I'm still gonna push you hard on doing things my way.
4: Either that, Russ, or you know, he's totally doing uh, what the comic book Rick would do. Whereas, you know, he would say, you know, we're, we're going to play their game for now, but later when it suits our purposes, we're going to pull the rug out from under him. And he, yeah. you know, comic book Rick has done that a lot.
1: So Rick and uh, Shane have an argument over the whole situation. And uh, Rick finally brings up, hey, my wife is pregnant. We need to stay around here. And so Shane agrees, okay, maybe we'll stay around, but we've got to clear out the stupid barn and we can tell that he's there's definitely a lot of thoughts going through his head once he hears about the uh, about the pregnancy which we definitely see in the next scene where Shane goes over to talk to Lori and says hey I know it's mine and she uh, disputes that and says look even if it is technically yours it'll never ever be yours
3: this is getting pretty tough here this is when <laughs> this is when it started really cranking up for me when uh, when Shane knew and is obviously Going he off starts like
1: pacing as eyes start darting back and forth. Yeah, you John know, Berthold's
3: just really kicking ass. I mean, we we probably don't say it enough. He is really like the linchpin of the whole show, like we've been saying. You know, the whole butterfly effect with Shane being alive, and he's really bringing it home.
4: Did anybody else find find the uh, the dynamics between Rick and Shane almost unbelievable? You know... Yeah, I know you just slept with my wife, but I'm gonna ignore that and deal with the situation now. Don't you think human nature would would make him say something to Shane about it?
3: I agree. I mean, it's consistent though. Like from when Lori told Rick. I mean, I guess we're to believe that he knew the whole time, and he's just looking past it because he was supposed to be dead, type thing. I mean, she hasn't told him about what happened in the CDC.
4: And and you know, Shane is, Rick has said no. Shane has said Rick is his best friend. He said it multiple times. Wouldn't he have gone to? Didn't okay. Didn't Lori tell Shane that she told Rick that they? No, did what no, they no, him? no. Oh, oh, okay. Then never mind. Then that, I, that uh, makes, yeah, that makes a big difference.
2: Yeah, it was a little odd. The conversation was a little odd, but it was almost like I kept waiting for Rick to make a nod to Shane, like I know and it's okay. So just let's get over this and let's not make a thing out of it. You know, it's that whole. I'm not going to have this uncomfortable conversation with you, but I'm going to let you know that I know, and then we're just going to move on.
3: It's the Honeymooners. I know that you know that I know. Yeah. (laughs) Very strange and sad Honeymooners episode.
1: (laughs) The one where everybody dies. Uh, So on his way back to camp, uh, Carl stops Shane and says uh, more or less what he's been saying the whole time, that he really wants to find Sophia. He doesn't want to leave. And you know, further pushing Shane towards we need to clear out the barn. Uh, So Shane goes over to Dale's trailer uh, because he's looking for the guns, and he starts tearing the whole place apart and can't find them. Uh, And then an earlier scene uh, after Dale talked to Andrea, he went back to the trailer and uh, he he asked Glenn, who was being the lookout at that moment, to go grab him some water. And uh, we saw him do some stuff with the guns, but we didn't quite see what he was doing yet. So now Dale's gone and the guns are gone.
2: That was another odd Dale scene, it was almost it played out well later but at the time it was like okay, is Dale finally losing it? I mean, I get why he was doing what he was doing, because he's he's afraid of Shane going off the, the deep end and doing something really stupid, but at the same time, the look on Jeffrey DeMond's face and the way he was acting and, you know, him telling Glenn, you know, go get me some water I, I, I just need a moment, and you could tell the wheels were turning inside uh, Dale's head, but that was just a, a really cool scene. Um, a really cool Dale scene, very different kind of Dale scene than we've seen in the comics, but, uh, but very well played.
4: See, I disagree hundred percent. I'm on the other end. I, I didn't believe that Dale would have done something as stupid as that. You know, you need these guns to survive in this, in this world. And he's going to let, you know, jealousy get in the way of that. I, I just I don't, I, I, see, I don't
2: think it was jealousy. I think he is afraid of Shane going, you know, bat guano crazy and either shooting somebody or shooting everybody or taking yeah. Andrea. You gotta, or taking, and
0: you got to remember the way Shane threatened Dale in the last episode. Yeah. He's probably afraid for his own life.
4: And Dale yeah. knows about Otis as well. Yeah, but you only need one gun to kill people. You don't need 12 guns, so there's no point in him getting rid of those guns. That's that's my that's my point. I just, I just didn't
2: saw him hiding them. I didn't see him like permanently getting rid of them. I
4: mean, well, hiding them, whatever. You know, Shane Shane's only got two hands. At the most, right, he could but, use two pistols. So why yeah, get rid but, of all of them in to begin with? He yeah, Shane's but, always got one on him.
2: Right, but you don't think if Shane was gonna, you know, either go crazy and and go okay corral or or take off that he wouldn't take every weapon he could possibly find just for the just for the fact of having enough guns and ammo to, to last him as long as he felt he need they needed to be to last.
1: And, and Shane didn't have a gun as we act they actually point out pretty clearly in a couple scenes. Yeah. But Dale didn't know that. I think Dale did because they took all the guns away and Shane was all pissed about
4: it. Then they didn't take all the guns away because they were all in the camper.
1: Okay. The point that, is, yeah, the point I know is that. Shane
4: had access to guns and there's no reason for Dale to get rid of all the guns because as far as Dale knew, Shane had a gun. I just I've I've bought ninety nine percent of everything that's happened on this show, except this. It just seemed very forced to me. It's, it was simply a plot device to get them out in the woods, and so Dale could pull a gun on Shane and Shane walk up and put his chest up against the barrel. It's just it was that was a great scene. You know that's what happens later, but it's it I don't I don't didn't find any merit in this scene at all.
2: I agree to disagree sir.
3: What about the quick um Carl and Shane scene?
2: That was cool.
3: Yeah, it was cool and and it's weird because they it's kind of like they've been forcing on us this show especially that Shane has gone bananas basically. But then you get this scene and it kind of takes him back to you know he really cares about Carl and he wants to make sure Carl's being safe and you know sending him to his mom listen and do whatever she says and I don't know it was a, it was a good scene it's just sort of like I still think they're trying to tug on us with like maybe going towards team Shane a little bit like they still want you maybe thinking about it
2: I, I think I thought of it as he's still trying to get with Lori and he's going to play nice where she can hear or see and then he also wants to make sure that that Carl's on his side.
4: I actually got more out of Carl's part of this scene than I did Shane. You know, Carl using uh, language and swearing and stuff like that. He wants to prove that he's as grown up as a, as a 10 year old can be, you know, he wants to be treated as an adult. So he's going to talk like an adult.
2: Given how this episode ends, that made it even more powerful because for, for, for Carl to act that way and then see the way that he reacts at the end of the episode, it's that, – that, that was to me like the perfect dichotomy with this episode is just – I just thought that was brilliant the way they play Carl like that.
1: We then cut over to Glenn and Maggie, and they have a kind of long conversation about why he did what he did. They kind of kiss and make up. Well, they definitely kiss and they definitely make up. Uh, and then we cut back over to Shane who's looking for Dale, and he finds him out in the swamp. Uh, where Dale has put them in, a, I guess, a garbage bag and he was going to sink it in the swamp but tie, tie a rope to the tree so he can find them later. And this is where the scene is where, where Shane says, what are you going to do, shoot me? Dale puts up his gun right up to Shane's chest and can't actually pull the trigger, and so Shane takes all the guns away.
3: I think that... I think one of two things. I think that Dale may end up being the one that kills Shane in this version of the story.
0: I was thinking that, too. I mean, especially after last episode when he threatened him so blatantly, and then this episode, I'm thinking it might not be who it is in the comic that does it. It might be Dale.
3: And when you think about it, Dale has seen him point a gun at Rick. Dale knows about Otis. You know, Dale has definitely seen the worst of Shane that I don't think— Probably the only thing he doesn't know about is the CDC, which nobody does, I guess, except for Laurie. Yeah. Um, or what do you guys think of this? Let me well let me phrase it this way: Would you be ticked off if Shane killed Dale, a character that has lived on in the comic, the full ninety
4: plus issues? I would, because I love Dale.
0: Mm. I do too. Although this Dale is a little different than the comic version, as you know, a lot of the characters aren't.
2: I think, for it being the Walking Dead and being and one of the things that we love about the comic is that no one is safe I think from from that perspective, it would be awesome because again, it would reinforce the fact that no one is safe
3: but which just, in the t v version, everyone is safe so far
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, i mean but and I love Jeffrey Damon so much I mean I think and he, I think he's bringing a lot to the role of Dale, but um by the same token. I see what Shane surviving has done to the show and how much of an interesting character he's become, especially in season two, that um, at this point, I think I would be equally sad to see either one of them go just because I love what the the tension and and what each of those uh, actors are bringing to each of those characters, the way they're written and the way they're evolving. So I, I, I would, you know, I think it's a toss up for me.
3: I've been waiting for that no one is safe moment. you know I was hoping that Andrea had actually killed Daryl for a second. I thought that would have been great, even though I would have missed Daryl and I think Dale going down would be a totally ballsy, like bold move that this could really use, and I'd be sad to see him go, but I still think it would be great,
4: you know there are certain scenes in the comics that I really want to see that pretty much involve everybody that's on the show, um with the exception of. Of T Dog and Daryl because they're not in the comics, and I would hate to not to be able to see one of those scenes because they decide to kill one of those people off. You know, at the at, at the only at this point the only person they could kill off right now that wouldn't make me react that way would be Shane. You know, even though he's a great character, but you know, I I can point out a I can point out a a scene in the comic for each one of the remaining characters that I would just love to see on on the small screen
1: yeah but I mean honestly, like for Dale or for yeah, for Dale, there's one of those I can think of, and it's one of those ones where uh it could happen to anyone the scene I'm thinking of, and it would could have just as much significance so i I could see them losing Dale without losing too much substance to the show and I think I think this episode, the way it ended,
4: you know, did have that effect, maybe not as strong as like like the the disposal of one of the adults but but I think it to me anyway. Uh, It did reinforce that nobody is safe thing because this girl was in the the comics and, you know, she was, you know, a main, quote unquote, main
1: character and and that kind of thing. So Shane heads back to the farm. Uh, He meets everybody, hands out guns. He tells them all it's time to get down to some business. Uh, And this is when I, I guess we missed a whole set of scenes here. But Herschel comes up to Rick while Rick's talking with Andrew and he says, I need your help with something. So this is after the conversation about Lori being pregnant. And so he goes with them. They go out into the woods into kind of a swamp area where there are two zombies completely stuck in the mud. And apparently this is a fairly common occurrence in as much as so that it's happened before, at least. And so they get some, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but they're poles with loops of wire at the end that used to catch a like a stray dog. And they use them to pull the zombies out. And apparently this was Otis's job before. This is, the first or maybe the second time that uh herschel's actually had to do it usually otis performed that task uh but so they bring the zombies back to the to the farm and this is right when shane's handing out the guns and the added element of the zombies on the sticks is not something that helps to quell the situation and everything gets explosive very fast
3: yeah shane goes flying over there
0: and Shane punctuates a lot of what he's saying with bullets, especially uh, the the zombie that Herschel is holding. You know, would it would a you know would a real person be able to take this? How about this? How about this? And he kept shooting her. You know, I mean, just like punctu- by punctuating his point with ammunition. Yeah, that yeah. was crazy.
1: <laughs> and and it's interesting we've we had a couple conversations this episode between different characters about whether the zombies are alive or dead or what doesn't even matter. Are they just sick people? And uh, it looks like Maggie's kind of coming over to the side of, maybe they are dead, maybe this is Beyond Hope, maybe Herschel's seeing it wrong, and this is kind of the last straw with Shane pulling out the gun and saying, you know, a real person couldn't take this, that's the lung, that's the heart, I just shot him in, and finally he shoots the zombie in the head and uh, heads off to the actual barn.
2: I really thought at this point that Shane was going to get it, because I thought when he was firing around... Herschel, and he's You know, he's firing so close to, to these people that somebody was just like, okay, he's freaking lost it. I mean, granted, the whole pulling zombies out of the swamp and leading them around by the neck is, is a little bizarre. But just the way that Shane was just so enraged and so reckless, I was half expecting when he gave that gun to Carl.
1: Oh, Jesus, and, yes. <laughs> and,
2: and told Carl, what are you going to do? Are you going to defend your family? You take this gun. And I really thought when he started firing rounds close to Rick and close to Herschel that Carl was going to just pull back that gun, or we we wouldn't even see him do it. We would just see Shane sitting there, and then boom, one round through the head, and that was it. So when it kept going, to me, it just the the tension just kept building and building and building and building because I was waiting for it, and it never came. So I just that that experience was just awesome for me watching it.
0: Yeah, and that scene that you alluded to there, Jordan, about you know Maggie looking at Glenn, Glenn looks at her. And she kind of nods assent to him, you know to take one of the guns I mean that speaks volumes that one tiny little you know fragment of a scene there.
3: I thought the um the part that was really interesting as well was uh Glenn taking the gun because you know Maggie's standing right there, and you wonder how much of Glenn's heart is in it and how much he's trying to do the you know do the manly thing in front of Maggie right well, Shane
2: put it as you are you going to defend what you care about are you going to, he didn't put it as we're going to go kill these walkers that are in this barn he phrased it as how are you going to stand up for what you what you love how are you going to protect these people you know he he totally went at it from that angle as opposed to the other one um and it was kind of cool because Glenn he just kind of had he I, and I think Stephen Yeun is doing an awesome job because he conveyed that apprehension because he he looked like, well, I'm not sure if I really want to take it, but I know I should because, you know, something bad happened, you know, that kind of thing, and and even Maggie was just kind of like watching him. It wasn't till later, to when the other, when they actually got out of the barn, that Maggie looked at Glenn and shook her head yes, like okay, you, you, we're we're at the point of no return now. You 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 have he, to do
4: something. He looks at her and says Maggie, and she's and that's when she nods yeah. and says yes, yeah. Like he was asking permission or saying, Maggie, I gotta do this. Yeah. I like the, the scene, um the shot when Shane sees what's going on and he just runs as hard and as fast as he can. And uh obviously that was like a, a dolly shot or maybe a steady cam and the guy was the camera operator was running backwards. Um, it was really well done and Shane was just running right at the camera. I loved that shot. I thought it was awesome looking.
2: This this is where you knew if this was like on HBO or Showtime or in a movie, it would have been a it would have been a big old WTF coming out of Shane's mouth as he looked over and saw them dragging those those zombies by the neck.
4: But even was this was this where T Dog sees it and you know looks and says oh it oh shit.
2: Uh yeah I think so.
4: Yeah, cause he's the one that saw it and you know that was that surprised me hearing that from T Dog. Maybe it's because we've talked to Irony and he's not like that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he seems very unexcitable.
1: Uh, but yeah, so Shane goes over the barn. Uh, he rips off one of the locks. There's there's a lock, there's a board across the door, and there's chains. Uh, he pulls the board out, and the chains stretch enough to let the zombies out kind of single file. And then it turns into the 4th of July as they take out zombie after zombie after zombie. And then shortly after the, the penultimate zombie leaves the building, One more comes out, and we see that the Where Sophia's uh, Contest is over. It's zombie Sophia who's been trapped in the barn, and no one's able to do anything. Everyone just kind of looks in shock for like a good 90 seconds before Rick walks over in a shot that kind of mirrors the first shot of uh, the pilot episode and shoots her right in the head. And And the episode's
4: over. This is the scene, Russ, that cements Rick's transformation. From the TV Rick to the comic Rick, as far as I can tell,
0: yeah and your I, I transformation really... is now complete yeah I...
4: and um this uh this brought up an interesting question that I think a lot of people asked, and Jim asked it on our board and asked it to us in an email why don't you go ahead and ask that Jim?
0: I just wanted to know if Herschel knew all along that Sophia was in the barn
4: and I'm gonna jump I in think, here, yeah I was. I think we were going to say the same thing, so you go ahead.
3: Uh, Well, I was going to say that uh, we do have the answer in next week's preview, so we're not going to answer that question, but we will after we say goodbye and tell everybody to leave that doesn't want to hear the preview for next week. So they do answer that question in the preview, which again is, I don't know if it's smart or not, but this wasn't the... We're kind of skipping ahead because we have a lot to talk about about this last scene. But
1: I have a feeling that scene that they show in the preview is like literally the first three minutes of next or the next episode. Right, so but what I was
3: getting at was, is the preview that we are talking about the one that came on when the show ended? Or is it like no. a website it, one? No, or? Uh, it's,
1: it's the one that aired during Hell on Wheels.
4: So okay. it's not even online. Or okay, it's not right. even on the
1: MC website at least. The one preview
4: that's on the AMC website is not the preview that they showed during Hell on Wheels. However, you can see that preview on the YouTube. The old YouTube. The was this, a,
3: like, was this a big like shock? Facebook? Oh I'm sorry, Go ahead, I get
2: Russ. No, I'm just being an ass. Is that like the Facebook? Or the Twitter?
4: Yes. Yes, Betty White. Was it was it a big shock that Sophia came out of the barn? Yeah. Um, it wasn't to me because I read the spoiler. I knew it was happening, but it was still a very intense emotional scene. And even though, you know, if I could, if I could take the the preview as a, I'm sorry, the the spoiler review as 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 a gospel, and because assume that it was going to happen, it still was like no way they actually did it she's been in that barn for seven episodes
0: uh, i'm just gonna say i really like the way they made her up you know what i mean she still looked enough like a little girl to make it incredibly disturbing when rick steps up and pops her in the in the head the um, rainbow t- shirt they, helped. right the rainbow t- i mean yeah there's all that but i mean some of the zombies are more you know decayed or whatever than others and sophia i mean she has still i mean she came out of the barn that very you know at first it almost looked like it could be just a little girl but then you see the makeup and everything and it's, it, it was more it seemed more subtle than some of the other zombies and i thought that was a really a cool touch add just a you know another layer of, of shock to that that scene
4: it's interesting you bring that up jim cuz there's a there's a video clip on amc tv where greg nicotero is almost saying the same thing the, the same idea you know they wanted it to be subtle they wanted her to look recognizable they wanted didn't want her to look terrifying they wanted it to be you know apparent that this was a little girl once
0: and wow i, I had not seen that clip i, I
4: yeah no so obviously it was very um it was very uh deliberate and noticeable and i think it worked really well
2: i uh i'm glad that i didn't see the spoiler because i think that would have ruined my experience watching it last night The whole with Sophia, I really thought that when they panned over and and there was one more Walker in the barn, I really thought it was either going to be Maggie's mother or I guess Maggie's stepmother um, coming out of there. And that was going to be some conflict because Herschel was having issues um, and then and then it could potentially set up some conflict between Maggie and Glenn. But when we saw it, and they did it perfect, you know, when you when you start with the shoes and then you kind of pan up, as soon as you could make out the fact that it was a little girl and not an adult, I was like, "Oh no, they're not, they're not going to do it." But then I thought, "Okay, this is The Walking Dead, so of course they're going to do that." It really bothered me. I mean, it it's it it was I had this strange feeling after watching that, like it really affected me, like like. Like personally. I I can't explain it. It's just and and I don't tend to get emotional when you know, I'm not like a cry at weddings or funerals kind of guy. I'm not I don't get upset with with those kind of things. But it really made me uncomfortable and I just it just I, I could I can't explain the feeling I had when I'm looking at this zombified little girl and as soon as I knew as soon as you knew it was Sophia and you look back at the rest of the group and everybody just stopped, I knew, okay, Rick is going to be the one to come over there and pop her in the head. And and I don't know if that, like, made it worse for me, but it just really, like, I, I watched the rest of that episode and I was just, like, drained after that. It was just really bizarre. I mean, it's really, really bizarre.
3: To be fair, Russ, you did cry over the last episode of Three's Company. <sighs>
2: Remember? We were never to speak of that.
3: So, Jordan, we mentioned previously that we had a little Where is Sophia contest running. Do you want to uh, fill
1: us in on how that worked out? Sure. Uh, well, first off, I, I'd say it was a major success. We had a ton of entries, and I thank you guys, uh, all your listeners who sent in entries for doing so, because that was really awesome. Uh, we had a couple answers that were correct or close, uh, you know, whether Sophia's at the farm or Sophia's in the barn or Sophia's a zombie, you know. If it was close enough, I counted it. I put him in a hat, and out of the correct answers, I pulled a random one, and our winner of the Where's Sophia contest is Brandy L aka Fisty Larue. So Fisty, if you nice. could send me an email or send a comments at Walking Dead TV an email with your address and let me know whether you want volume one or volume two. Again, we're giving we've she just won a copy of either volume one or volume two of the walking dead trade paperback signed by Robert Kirkman and Chris Hardwick. Sweet. And I'm sure we'll give away whichever one she doesn't choose uh, soon enough. Cause you know, you know, part two of the season's coming up very soon.
3: And that's very cool because she's been a fan since day one and a big supporter and a Twitter follower and a Facebook group person and very cool. And I think, from going over the entrance as I got them and, and sent them over to you, Jordan. I think the most popular one was probably that she was with Merle. <laughs>
1: well, actually I went, in going through them, I probably would have agreed with you, but when I went through them, it was actually more Tyrese. Uh, people, A lot of people were guessing Tyrese, which is, of course, a character who hasn't shown up in the show yet, but people were guessing that he would show up and that she would be with him. Very interesting. Merle was probably second, but not not by too much. I mean, there was a lot of guesses for both Very
3: cool. So why don't we go around and do uh, our ratings here? Um, Like I said earlier, we probably won't do the ratings of the people yet. We'll hold the Twitter and the Facebook stuff for next week um, because we have to get rolling a little bit here. We have another contest prize to give away today uh, and some other cool stuff. So I'll start. I am going 4.76 making it the highest of this season. I believe 4.75 was my previous high. Uh, I think the last two shows were fantastic. They really got things rolling in the right direction. I didn't have many, if any, problems with this one at all. I dug the Sophia kill at the end. I thought that was a good payoff for a long time waiting. There were certainly a lot of hallelujahs on Twitter when Sophia was shot, which is sort of morbid. But uh, but I get it. So 4.76 for me.
2: I will give this a 6 out of 5. Turn it up. One, what?
1: You're turning it up to 11.
2: I am. I am. As cliched as that may be. But well, then I, why don't
1: we just make 6 higher and make 6 the highest? This
0: <laughs> one goes up to 11.
3: No 7-minute abs. No, no.
1: <laughs> My parents had those VHS tapes. Not even DVDs, VHS tapes. Uh, again, kind
2: of like I said, ain't you? When something affects me on a, I guess, a more personal, personal level, or something I, I, I don't know. I can't explain what I'm saying, but basically, th- this was, this was the kind of TV episode that I'll remember for a very, very long time. Um, and I, I really, it was a standout for the season, possibly the standout for the show as a whole. Um, and it, and I was really surprised that they were bold enough to kill off I would consider a main character at this point but a child as well. I mean that's even bolder because usually kids are pretty safe in these things. Um and and we've seen so far, you know, twice that that Rick has has had to had to take out a, a zombie kid. So so that really pushed it kind of over the top for me. And just the, all the character interaction that we talked about, um I think was ratcheted up in this in this episode. I think Rick's kind of coming towards the Rick that we all want to see and that we know he he is in other media was another was another thing that kind of pushed it in this favor uh so so that's that's kind of where i stand one thing i was going to ask real quick is do you think the reason maybe they picked sophia and i noticed this when the season started is she seemed to and we all know girls mature faster than boys that she seemed to really age in that off season do you think this is like the walt effect from Lost, that um being that the show moves at a slower pace between seasons than real life does that they're concerned that you know by season two or season three, the end of season two, season three, season four, that because of the time lapse, if the show's not progressing at that time, that she's going to be, you know, 16, look, 16 or 17 years old by the time it it finishes and poor, uh, poor Carl's going to be, you know, still still looking pretty young.
3: That's interesting. I, I didn't think of that, but it's, it certainly makes sense to some extent. I mean, I don't know, Walt was, you know, dunking the basketball by season three. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it, but I guess when you think about it, both shows kind of run on the same timeline, right? Like Lost didn't, they were trying to portray that Lost was only a few months into the first couple seasons, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, jump big, forward no, eventually.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, I could see probably at the end of the season, but I would not be surprised if Walking Dead does a time jump at some point, too.
3: That would be very interesting because the book has certainly never done that. And obviously, they can draw Carl as a 10 year old.
1: Well, I Forever. mean, yes and no, because in Volume 1, I mean, they go through pretty much all of Winter in six issues, so...
3: Right, I guess I'm, what I'm getting at is, is they're up to, what, issue 91, and Carl is still a 10-year-old kid. I mean... Well, I think he might be like 12 now. But, okay, but I, give or take, exactly you know what I mean, he's, he's a kid, you know, he, he's certainly... seven um, years
2: in the comics, and he's not an adult yet. <laughs> it's one of those...
3: Yes, the hat still doesn't fit. Jim, how about you?
0: I give this one five out of five busters. Uh, I've only given five out of five for the pilot, the season finale last season, and now this episode. I really feel like I said before, the, uh, the rotary, you know, the solid feces finally hit the rotary oscillator. A lot of stuff that had been, uh, simmering for a long time finally came to a boil in this episode. I'm glad they finally uh, resolved the Sophia thing. And I think, uh, it's, it's really interesting to see how much this... um, how much is a surprise to me in this? You know, going into this, this series, I, I, I thought I would I would know everything that was going to happen, all the story beats, all the characters and, and the, the timeline and whatnot, but this is a totally new experience for me. They're familiar characters, but it's a it's a totally new uh new, new ball game and I like that a lot. Uh so five out of five busters and uh thanks to our uh, our um Facebook fan who uh photoshopped Crazy Herschel Zombie Barn for me. That was awesome.
3: How about you, Jordan?
1: I'll give it a four, seven, five. I liked it quite a bit. There was a couple scenes that didn't work for me 100%, so that keeps it from getting the the perfect score, but definitely a very good episode, very intense from beginning to end, and I I really did enjoy it. I'm going to
4: give this episode
1: a four and a half. I loved it. Um,
4: I think this, uh, you know, it's funny. The first two episodes of this first half season felt like one, and I feel like this episode and the previous one were the same type of deal. They were, they were all one. I gave that one, I think four and a half, I'm going to give this one four and a half. I loved it. Even though I knew what was coming, it was nice to see Shane go ballistic. It was nice to see Andrea, uh, fire her gun with, with confidence that, you know, that's the Andrea we know and love. It's, it was awesome to see Rick make the hard decision that nobody else is going to make. Um, I loved it. I, I, um, I can't complain. Really about it, I wasn't bored. It was just great. It was this is this this episode ended much like one of the issues of the comic where they give you that holy crap cliffhanger, and and a four and a half for me.
3: Sweet. So we have a uh, a big break here now. After that six week frenzy, we're off until what?
1: Early February. February 12th is, I believe, the date that the show will be back, so right after the Super Bowl, pretty much.
0: Just in time for Valentine's Day.
1: Yes, yes.
3: Sweet. Uh, again, we will be back next week, and uh, we'll kind of wrap up the first half of the season next week, and then we'll set up how we're going to do things over the break. I, I, we definitely are not going to be weekly over the break. I think it's a long shot for us to be bi weekly over the break, um, but we do have some stuff planned, so... So that should be cool. Uh, Before we do the wrap-up and the preview, I'm going to see if I can squeeze this in before uh, young Jordan has to run. We had another contest that was a big secret. I have the Daryl Dixon action figure left from the set of Walking Dead action figures that we were able to get at New York Comic Con, and I wanted a Dixon-Vixen to have it. uh, So I didn't announce the contest to everybody. I announced it in their Facebook group and the contest basically said write a poem about a squirrel and the best one will win the Daryl action figure so long story short biggest turnout for a contest ever i have voicemails and emails and upon emails of fantastic squirrel poetry which you'd be surprised what people can come up with uh for a squirrel poem uh we cannot read or play any fraction of them on the show, it's long. there's many of them. It will start fights and get ugly.
1: Many of them are graphic.
3: yes <laughs> so what and some Star of them stick. some of them don't rhyme, which just infuriates me. So what we have decided to do is take the winner, which was kind of a unanimous decision, and I think the uh the the feeling is less was more. In this instance and we're going to have Jim read the winning limerick as it would be uh, as only Jim can do it so uh, I will give the floor now to Mr. Dietz to read the winning Daryl Dixon action figure squirrel poem
0: this is truly a limerick worthy of an action figure (laughs) there once was a squirrel from Nantucket who kept all his nuts in a bucket on a tree limb perched high when a walker shambled by, he'd grab a nut, and at the walker, he'd chuck it.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. So Fantastic. that is Mick from the Dixon's Vixens. Uh, she can email, Mick, email uh, comments at walkingdeadtv.com, your address, and we will get you the Daryl Dixon action figure, which I know you will love and, uh, and cherish always. And we want to thank them once again, always, for all their support. And check out their DixonsVixens.com and their Facebook group and all the great stuff they do, please. So I think now I'm going to hand this over to Jordan to wrap up this show. And then after that, we'll do the little preview for the return of The Walking Dead with the second half of the season.
1: Yes, indeedy. So until next week, you can send us a voicemail at 516. 516- Four six eight seven nine one two, or an email comments at walkingdeadtv.com. You can now hear all of our shows on our YouTube do- uh, YouTube channel. to search for Walking Dead TV podcast. Also, catch our con videos, contests, and more there. Check out hhwlo.d.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Weekly, The Legion of Dudes podcast, The PKD Black Box, and Out Now with Aaron and Abe. And also keep an eye out for our rec- less regular shows like Media Minutes and the newly formed Tech Dudes podcast. And of course, all these shows can be found on Facebook as well. Don't forget to check out forumforgeeks.com for the uh, Walking Dead podcast network. And follow us on Twitter at podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, be the carrot, not the stick. Have a good week. And for those of you who want to hear what's going to be coming up in February, episode 208 is called Nebraska. And, and that's here, all I know because I can't find a blurb for it.
3: <laughs> and here come the spoilers for the previews that we saw from Nebraska.
1: Yes. So I I don't know the episode summary or the little blurb summary that has very little to do with the episode like they usually put out. However, we do know that one of the first scenes in the episode will be everyone yelling at Herschel. How could you keep her in the barn? How did you let this go on? And Herschel says he had no idea that Sophia was in the barn. Otis was the one who was in charge of it, like he said in this episode. And as far as he knows, Otis must have picked her up the day before the group got there, and Otis got shot that, that night that the group got there, so he never had a chance to tell anybody. And that's all she wrote.
3: Interesting. So that could have been a major point of uh contention and discussion, whether Herschel knew or not, and it seems like that's gonna be out of the bag immediately, like you said earlier, Jordan. Um, do we think they're gonna be hanging around the farm much longer now that all this went down. What'd you say, I Russ? Do. Oh, I, yeah, I think I think they will.
1: I'd say we've got six episodes left. Probably a couple on the farm, and then maybe one or two on the road right at the end of the season. But you know, it'll be interesting to see what they choose to do. I'm happy whatever they really choose to do in terms of setting. Uh, I mean, I know we all know where we want to see them go next. Um, however, whether that happens at the very end of the season or the very beginning of season three doesn't make a whole lot of difference to me.
2: I, I you know, and I, I tend to, do, do we want to get into debate about what we think about what Herschel said?
1: We can I mean, like I whether mean, we think he was lying or not. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say what I said to you guys earlier through email. We've seen Herschel be a lot of things so far in seven episodes, many of them not very pleasant, but also none of them a liar. And being a liar would tend to be would go right against a lot of things that he has done so far. So I don't think he's lying. I just I think he was telling the truth. It was probably Otis who did it.
3: I think that's a good point. I think that Herschel would say I think he would stick to his company line that we thought we could heal her. She's just a little girl. You know, I think that would be his angle rather than to lie and say that uh you know that he didn't know
0: yeah i agree i think if he I, I i he wanted them out of there so badly uh if he knew that sophia was in the barn he would have uh, played that card already
4: yeah i totally agree with that there the, the, i can't imagine a scenario where he would actually have lied about that because he knew they were looking for her and if he knew yeah. if she was in the barn oh by the way that little girl you're looking for she's in the barn then again if if he does that to get them off his, his, to get them off his property that would, you know, out the secret of the barn. And, you know, he wants to protect those people under there that he still considers family. But I don't think he was, I think he was telling the truth. I don't think he knew that she was there. Agreed. All right. So that's about it for this week's episode.
3: Once again, we will see you next week with our first half of the season wrap up. And uh, we'll let you in on all the good information for the off-season. Have a good week. Later. Have a good week. Come
4: and knock on our door. Come
1: and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hurt and hurt and tears. We've come to meet you. Come and dance on our floor. That was for me,
3: mostly,
4: because I am high on sugar. Yeah, who had the bird? What's going on with the bird? You got birds in your house, Russ? Sorry, yeah, I tried to mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Seriously, to, you really have birds.
3: I tried to a choke bird. that little son of a bitch, but it didn't work.
2: <laughs> oh, dude, trust me. That bird has been a, a bane of the existence for like 20 years now. That <laughs> bird just won't die. But anyway. Oh, man. I thought <laughs> that was it's... my baby down crying, but it was
1: your bird. No, sorry. How have we never heard that bird before then with you podcasting?
2: It It's mostly outside. But now that it's cold, we bring it in because it can't be outside in the cold because it might die.
3: <laughs> he just feels very strongly about Rick and Shane. <laughs> so, he finally spoke up. What,
0: kind of, what kind of bird is it? And A 20-year-old parakeet? Wow. They live forever.
2: They don't. I don't know, man. My grandma
0: had parakeets, and she had like 20 of them, and they were all named Petey. They
2: don't they die. They live
0: very long. They live for like a hundred years. I'm not lying. I looked it up because
2: I thought maybe it's getting close to being dead. But anyway, totally off track. The Walking Dead
0: Parakeets. Bueller? Yep. Bueller? Anyone?
3: We're here. We can hear you. I have the Daryl Diction. The Diction. Ha ha ha.